Have no fear of missing out. The show's about FOMO. Your host is Brian Franzo. I'll tell you what you don't know. And now, your host, iSocial Fans. Welcome back to another episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast. As many as you have seen, we have a new logo here at FOMO Fans, and it is um, it has my beautiful face on it. I uh, got some feedback uh, from a couple of sponsors and a couple of uh, uh, people that said, um, Brian, we don't like that you have uh, just a random hat and goatee as your logo. And as someone that loves branding and, and tries to keep things uh, kind of moving forward, it was kind of odd as I'm not afraid to put myself out there. And for whatever reason, um, I removed my face from the podcast uh, cover art uh, probably about 40 episodes ago, 50 episodes ago. Um, so yeah, we have a new, uh, new new one of those, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, you know, it's been a busy week for me. I, I hosted uh, a couple B2B events um, earlier this week, and then I spoke um, at the Digital Summit event in Minneapolis. And, you know, on top of that, you know, we have this crazy world of content creation, um, video going on, uh, all the things kind of happening in the world today. And so on this episode, I want to kind of break down and talk about, you know, as we're evolving and what we're looking at today day. And, and I kind of was thinking, you know, okay, am I going to talk about like, what does the future of marketing look like? Or ra- rather, like, where does this all kind of equal out, right? Because, you know, I was very lucky, I got to have a really fun fireside chat this past weekend on the role of artificial intelligence and how artificial intelligence is going to be one of the key fuels for us growing in the artificial, you know, um, in the empathy space, right? And, and, you know, a lot of the things that I'm talking about right now, my new keynote program is all about digital empathy. And we are, we are, we're living in, you know, interesting times, and we're going to have even more division and more interesting times uh, between now and next November, especially here in the United States. But we're also living in interesting times in the sense of, you know, content is no longer king, right? Uh, just creating content for content's sake uh, is no longer valuable. But at the same time, we also know that, you know, nobody wants to be marketed to, no one wants to be sold to. And we're also seeing kind of an evolution of what business models look like. I've said for a long while, we're going to see a shift in what the work life uh, kind of looks like of today's workers because uh, people are going to be working remotely. People are going to be working um, for the man. I don't think that everyone should be an entrepreneur. I think we're going to see a lot more companies embrace a model where uh, employees can be a full-time employee yet work for multiple companies. Therefore, whenever they're not a resource or not being leveraged, um, they can kind of uh, go out and work at different companies. But you know, the idea of uh, everyone being an entrepreneur or creating an entrepreneur mindset inside of a company to me is a little, um, I don't think that's the way to go about it. I think we do need to have an understanding of, uh, of responsibility. But we also have things like you know innovation. And I love that we have Barb and Jen that are watching here live, uh, the recording of the podcast. Thanks for jumping in. Um, and we're over there on Facebook Live. But you know, as we look at you know video, and video was a big uh, piece of my talk uh, this past week um, at the two B2B events that I was at. And I can tell you one of the things that was probably the most surprising and also the, the most exciting, but also 
got me thinking in a new direction was we all know my mantra is press the damn button and I'm a big believer in video and I believe video is the great equalizer. It helps us shrink the distance between ourselves and the people that are offline consuming and everything else we do in the digital world is all about distancing ourselves, right? Get someone to our website, get someone to fill out an email address, have them follow us on social media so they don't call us, right? And all of these things are, are kind of the things that we've been doing and, and video is this, it's the one that shrinks the distance, right? People are able to look you in your digital digital eyeballs. And I was at you know the last couple of events and it was exciting to see that I no longer needed to convince people in the value of video. Uh, and I didn't even really have to convince people in investing in a video, um, either having a video team on staff or a video production or where they should go video. Like the, the conversation was a lot less about, um, you know, hey, should I do video or should I not do video? And I'm talking, these are B2B companies, B2C companies, um, which is exciting. But there was also this element of, as the people were telling me where they were using video and how they were leveraging video, I got a little bit one of these like feelings and I said, oh my God, I need to create a blog post and an entire episode of the, the show on where you, know, where you shouldn't be using video. And that's a crazy juxtaposition for me because for me, I, I've been telling everybody has a story to tell and, and to press the damn button. But we're also in this in this day and age we're in right now is that um, I believe the worst thing that we can do is disrupt interrupt and waste people's time. It doesn't matter if you're in marketing or you're in sales or if you're in HR or PR. If you are disrupting someone and then giving them something that not only disrupts them, but does not provide them a value. And then on top of that, it wastes their time. And, you know, and a good example of this is, you know, hey, Brian, we're starting to use video in our customer service and we've decided to reply to every customer service inbound request via video. And for me, I'm like, Wait a second, every request? So if someone says, hey, I want to know what website I need to go to um, to, to find this information, you're going to reply with a video? And they looked at me and they said, yes. And I was like, why? You're now making someone stop what they're doing to listen, they have to turn the volume on, they have to pay attention, where it's something that you might as well just give them a link. And and heaven forbid, you know, this is what happened with content. When someone said content is king and blogging can drive traffic, everyone started blogging. And then they realized the more blogs I have, the more opportunity for traffic. And so we started blogging seven days a week without having anything really good to say. So we would disguise our white papers and our sales messages and we would try to make it like thought leadership level, but we really know that um, we needed to have like a call to action in the middle. And there was all of these like this, this, you know, kind of content for, you know, and we just added to the noise. And I believe it's, it's the reason we're so noisy right now. And I've said this for a long time. We've heard the stat, 84% of all internet traffic will be video by 2021. Um, and that's, you know, we're moving it forward, but no one said that's gonna be good video. But even more importantly in that, video has a place. I believe live video has a place. I believe production video has a place. I believe social video has a place. But at the same time, video should not be used for any everything because it is something, you know, it's, it's really why for me, when I call somebody, if I'm gonna pick up the phone and call somebody and I am that millennial that has like my my phone um, my you know, my phone app on page three of my phone the when I call somebody it has to be important it has to be priority and for me I have to I have to put myself in the shoes of that person and saying if I'm calling them 
I have to I have to realize that what I'm about to you know interrupt their day to day life with is of that importance. If not, I will text message. If not, I will send an email. If not, I will reach out to them on social media. And I, maybe that's just a little bit of me being like overly conscious about how um, I interact with people. But in this noisy content world, video is the thing that requires more of our attention than anything else. It's why I've created four thousand videos for people to watch, but I don't watch very many videos myself. The reason is is I consume my content via podcasting uh, for the most part and using the app Flipboard because I want to be multitasking. I have other things that I want to do. And if I have to sit down and consume a video, it just does not fit in my the way that I consume, the way that I learn. And that includes when I get a video message. And I was even looking in my in-mail box and I've been using a tool called Vidyard, Vidyard to send um, video emails to uh, different prospects that are, are emailing me, you know, wanting to hire me to speak at their event. And I've been using Vidyard to do that. And Vidyard gives you some really cool data and I'm good friends with the team over there. And, um, but one of the things there was that also kind of reminded me is that I had four emails in my inbox all week that were video emails that were sent to me. And I just didn't have time to put my headphones on or the one I finally had time, I didn't have my phone headphones on me. And so when we, we're looking at this, all this disruption, like I'm going to do a whole, a whole, um, you know, uh, don't worry, I'm going to do an entire uh, vlog, you know, uh, podcast episode on just when not to use video. But I want to kind of take this even a whole nother step and saying, you know, marketers and marketing for the last, I think, seven or eight years and maybe even longer than that have been getting away without having to prove a lot of ROI. Um, we've, for the, for the longest time, uh, marketers were begging for more data, more information. We want to build personas. We want to better understand our consumer. All of a sudden, we were given all this data, and then we cried and complained that we had too much data, and too many big, too, big data is a problem. And, you know, and part of that problem was our own fault. You know, why did we have a contact form on our website with 14 questions when we really only care about three of the data points that someone's going to, to enter? Why, why collect data that we we know that we're not going to need and why even add that to disrupting and wasting the time of our consumer uh, to me that's a pet peeve of mine uh, from the consumer side is if I'm already a client of someone if I've already recently made a purchase and whenever I go onto their website and they prompt me to fill out the same information that they already have for me it is extremely frustrating oftentimes stops me from uh, doing what I want to be doing and so the reason I bring all of this up is one of the themes that I've heard a lot about in the last month, especially going to these B2B events, is the synergy between sales and marketing and really sales and marketing and revenue and then sales, marketing, revenue, and then the the under the underlying element of emotional intelligence and how that's connected to the data that we're using. And what I mean by that is we're starting to realize or we're starting to connect these dots and it's nothing brand new. Like we know we knew that sales and marketing needed to work together. But now there's there's definitely an argument for saying and, and Marcus Sheridan, a shout out to Marcus Sheridan. Um, you know, he we him and I were having this discussion last night when we were having dinner. You know, is there is there there's an argument to say who should own video within a, a business and it should be the sales team not the marketing team the sales budget should be paying for the video because the video that we are using ultimately ends up being a, a catalyst to drive sales and video can fit in all those realms and then there's also this idea of account-based marketing or ABM and then we have um, artificial intelligence providing us data and insights that we've never received before on top of that we have automation and we have tools that are allowing us to send out emails put people into drip sequence allowing us to tag 
tag clients across multiple devices, multiple touch points, and all of this coming together. One of the things that I think excites me the most about where we're moving in the future of marketing, uh, and, and this might even be a bigger picture than marketing, is the people that will be winning in the future of marketing are not marketers, are not salespeople. They are people that understand people, understand the emotions of people, and are willing to look and use technology for where it makes sense, while at the same time understanding when it's not, it's technology is not advantageous for this kind of client or this kind of scenario, right? And and I think we're gonna we're gonna move to a new space where we're gonna be creating less content. We're gonna be creating less noise online. We're going to be posting less to social media. We're going to be sending less emails out. But when we do send our emails out, when we do post on social media, when we do put our ad budget in things that we're doing, we are going to be methodical. We are going to be, we're going to drill down and really focus on, we have this data, we understand this person buys at this time, and we're going to start really kind of honing in this, what what our focus is. But we cannot do this unless sales and marketing are aligned. We cannot do this unless we have the team that's working on the data that is aligned. Our revenue goals and our executive decisions have to really bring a lot of this um, you know, together. And so when I look at the future of work, when I look at the future of this entire evolving um, world that we're living in, and we have a, you know, especially in America, we're more divided than we've ever been as a country. And th- that division is going to be um, only more exposed over the next couple of years. The question's going to be coming down to, and and where I think the success is going to lie, is who is able to understand how to balance relationships, how to leverage emotion, but not take advantage of emotion? Who is going to be the the ones that are going to be able to bring the right people together to collaborate the right time? And it's not going to be about, hey, this is a sales initiative. It's going to be this person on this team who happens to be in sales is the right person to lead this initiative at this time. And so as we're looking at this like evolving change and where you know how things are kind of uh, flipping around, one of the things that I think we have to think about now is it's no longer about um, you know being someone that can drive a lot of of just random leads or, or it's no longer about you know, being a great cold caller or having the great pickup line. I think not only are consumers smarter than they've ever been before, but they're also more volatile than they've ever been before. Uh, I talked about privacy on the last podcast uh, episode of the show. You know, um, Not only do we understand privacy a little bit more now, but we realize that social networks are free because they're leveraging our data. But interestingly enough, on top of that, the content that we consume that is free is technically not free because what are they using, right? And we're seeing Disney get into the streaming game. We saw Spotify buy the podcasting game and they're in the podcasting game now. We're seeing you know, a lot of these, uh, even like the, the bigger media houses taking their media um, in-house. We're seeing brands like Red Bull even shifting their focus on the content that they are creating. And so as we look at this new world where we're having all of this going on, it is going to be a Swiss army knife of skill sets and a Swiss army knife of opportunities and, and, and things that we're going to be doing. And the, the interesting part about it is we also have to be willing to fail, but not 
looking to fail. And I think this is something that we as marketers recently um, haven't really done as, as good a job as we might want to believe we have is that we hear things like failure as part of the procedure. And when we're marketing, we will do a test sequence on emails, or maybe we'll A-B test our emails, or we'll, we'll try a new landing page, or we'll leverage a new uh, automation tool to test out different things. And, and here's what I, I really think we have to hit home with is that and I, and I kind of teased this up earlier, is that the worst case scenario is not having someone not read your email or not consume your video or not subscribe to your podcast. The worst case scenario is alienating and disrupting and wasting the time of your consumer to the point where they block you or they unfollow you. Right. Like even unsubscribing is not the level. Right. 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 For me now, when a brand or a business uh, puts me into an email list that I did not ask to be a part of, they are blocked. They're not they're not unsubscribed. And then I can later on be a part of their list. I am removing them and their conversation and their noise from the from, you know, in my in my face. And so. One of the things that I was thinking of, I was thinking about this a lot. I landed last night after midnight um, when I got home from Minneapolis after speaking there. And I actually did a, a, a call recording on, uh, on my phone for you know, this, this kind of idea of when we look at all this change, we look at all this collaboration, we're looking at all the things that are going on in our world today. There's an element of this is that we have to be able to balance collaboration and emotion. We have to be able to be able to compartmentalize things in our lives like politics or religion or things like, you know, the 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 outrage we're having at the moment with all of the the mass shootings and even on top of that there's still the 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 divide and things that are moving forward. We're going to have to be very compartmentalized. We're gonna have to be able to understand when we can say things, when we can't, and we already have seen that in this, you know, in the new, you know, Me Too evolution where we've exposed that people have been bad for a long time, and it's now that technology, innovation, social media is exposing the bad. It's not creating the bad; it's exposing the bad. And, and as we move forward, we're gonna have to start looking at our cultures. We're gonna have to start looking at how we set up our teams, how we even build out our contracts to be to allow people the flexibility and and I think transparency is going to play a, a big role in this but I think the piece that I want people to think about right now when we're looking at this like where we're moving when with artificial intelligence even augmented reality and virtual reality I recently had a really good call with a, um, a, a potential of event that I'll be speaking at and a lot of it has to do with virtual reality being kind of the gateway platform for uh, empathy as we move forward but here's the thing that I, I want to I'm wrapping this all into is that you cannot change the game. You cannot be. You cannot help people see the new vision of the game if you are not part of the game. And what I mean by that is, you know, and I think this is something we see in our personal lives a lot, right? If we if we remove ourselves from being associated with something based on one person's opinion. We, we no longer associate ourselves, but we can also no longer impact that one person or the people that that person impacts. And so this has been a tough thing for me because for me, there's a, I, I love driving change. I, I'm very strategic with, um, you know, over the years, I call myself a change evangelist because I, I actually use this. And this is something I'm writing for my book is that, you know, I have a, a methodology for how I 
allow people to judge me and understand who I am and embrace a little bit of change so that when they start listening to me, their mind is already open to change and believe that I can inspire them to change simply because the fact that I am not the person that they stereotypically put me in or the the person that they associated because I have a hat on or crazy shoes or or whatever that may be. And so as we look at this, as we look at this, the change that we're needed, I've had this conversation about TikTok for a while. And the reason I'm on TikTok, the reason I'm studying TikTok is I believe five years from now, I'm going to need ambassadors and advocates that are under the age of 20 today to be my ambassadors and advocates, right? I need them to be the ones that are helping me get the speaking gigs, the ones that are amplifying my message. And I cannot reach them right now or I am not connecting with them if I'm not willing to play the game, if I'm not willing to be where they are at, right? And this is that old adage and this is where I think it's not an age and and don't get me wrong. I don't believe that the young marketers are going to be the the ones that are going to make it in the end. I actually don't think that at all. I think when we look at this, we're going to have to have a mentality as businesses that it's not about marketing and it's not even about marketing data. It is about business and it is about understanding. Are we going to, is our goal to persuade someone to do something? Is our goal so, to have someone um, open their mind to a new possibility? Is our goal to have someone compare um, and contrast new options? Is our goal to get someone to ultimately pivot in a completely different direction? And then once we understand that, now we have to understand the data that we have at disposal, how much emotional intelligence we, or how much emotional access have we already had with this person. And I think this is exciting. This is like, man, it, it pumps me up because here's the thing. If you are a marketer or a salesperson or a business leader today, and you just blast people with your message and you just you know beat the door down with people until they say yes or you just keep relying on your repeat customers that keep you know, um, you know signing up over and over again because they don't know better your days are numbered. And if also you are someone that has grown your business or your personal brand or your, your, your following based on very little facts, very little um, actionable outcomes with you know, real clients, your, t- your days are numbered as well. Because as we move forward in this, in this space where emotional understanding of our employees, of our customers, of our prospects is going to be more important than it's ever been before. But we're also going to have artificial intelligence and data that's going to be able to give us some of that information in real time. The question is going to become, how do we arm ourselves? How do we train our our teams? And I've said this for forever is that I call it the three T's, right? Trust, training and tools or trust training and technology. And it's in that order is the most important aspect of this, of those three T's. And as we look into the future of marketing and we look at marketing being integrated with sales and PR and comms and understanding the revenue targets and um, the idea of account-based management of our our clients and where they are, you know, how many touch points they've had, we're also going to have to understand the tone of someone's reply or when when was the time, you know, if we sent this person seven emails that replied to four of them, what was the time of day that they replied to the four of them? What was the day of the week? And so that we can have that information so that we can strategically send the next email, not just blanketly blasting it at them, hoping they open it, rather being very strategic and using this data and information that we now have at our disposal to hopefully not disrupt them, rather present this email at the time that they are the most likely to open it, the most likely to reply. And all of this requires a 
personality, a, a, pers- a perspective that it's not about the technology. It's not about the innovation. It's not about the marketing message or the sales pitch. It really does come down to the Swiss Army knife skills of being a people person understanding and being able to relate with people of all races, all sexual orientations, all backgrounds, even if someone is is a diff, that is it votes differently than you and has different political alignments than you, being able to you know associate this and kind of evaluate this on top of the concept of we also have to kind of understand where this all fits and you know for each of us I think we have to have our own morals, we have to have our own principles that are the foundation of what we will not waver on. But at the same time, if, if it, even, even if we disagree and there's gonna be a lot more disagreement coming on. And even if we're, we're being pushed to do something, it is now is going to be very advantageous for us. It has, we're going to have all of this responsibility is going to be put onto each one of us that are in business to not only respect the customer respect the process, respect the data, how we got the data, how we're using the data, but also understanding the risk versus reward in all of the decisions that we're making. And right now, that's not the case. Right now, we are um, we are taking data where we're seeing something. We're like, well, we need video on every landing page on our website, and we just blast video up there, right? And like, what does that mean? How does that video work? Like, where where does that video fit? And so, this is something that I think. Not only do we have to embrace and understand, but it's also something that we have to start looking at in ourselves. And I'm going to kind of leave you guys with this is that I don't believe it's about diving in and, and learning everything about artificial intelligence or account-based marketing or understanding the role of data or where all of this technology goes. What I do think we have to start doing is we need to start being able to self be self-aware, self-assess we have to be able to identify our, our strongest people skills, our weakest people skills. We need to start aligning ourselves with people that have the strengths that we currently do not have. And then we also have to start looking at that when we're aligning ourselves with our sales teams or our executive team or our PR team or even our onboarding team. And I think this is exciting, but it's also a new day and age. And I believe we are at a, you know, we're at a pivotal point, and it's the reason digital empathy um, is my soapbox, is my focus. I believe it is my life's work, um, is because I don't believe it's unplugging. Anyone that is telling you that you can find that your joy is discovered by unplugging is unplugging is a band aid. It is not a solution. It is not something that solves a problem. And and when you unplug, we've all seen this, right? When you go on vacation, how many times have we said we go on vacation, we come back, we have so much email and so many things that have built up, we actually have more work and we wish we didn't go on the vacation. Well, that's what we do when we unplug or we, we use these band-aid solutions. And so I do not believe in an all or nothing solution. I do not believe in the idea that technology is ruining us or that it's you know this um, one way or the other. I do believe that offline is as just as important as online. I do believe that it will soon be very transparent that who we, how you are living as a person, as a a leader, how you are building your company, how you are actually even talking to your culture as we go through these divisive times and are are dealing with all of the change that exists in our world today. All of these people decisions, all of these strategic alignment decisions, who do you, who do you, you know, look to for advice versus who do you push away? How do you prioritize people in your inner circle? And I would actually even say, how do you re-examine your inner circle? 
and probably weed your circle down to two or three people that will always be there and start building it up new. Because as we move forward, if you polarize people, if you alienate people, if you use their data to spam them or sell them or market them in a way that is um, intrusive to them or disruptive to them or waste their time, you will lose them completely for forever. And that concept is very dangerous. And we are going to see businesses, in my opinion, that are very successful right now go out of business pretty fast because they are not going to understand this. And they're going to be, be relying on false loyalty and the idea that, hey, this is the way we've always done it. And so we, as we look in this new world of marketing, it is a self-examination and it is the idea idea that says, if I am judging others based on their opinion, does that mean that I can no longer understand them? I can no longer work with them? Does that mean I can no longer um, relate with them when it comes to marketing? As I've said this forever, that I believe the key to marketing in the future is relatability. But in a very divisive culture that we're getting all of this data information, if there's certain information that you're provided that, that that you are not able to compartmentalize as a business owner, as a marketer, uh, it's going to, it's going to hurt you and you're not going to be able to move forward. And I do believe judging others based on things that we maybe don't understand or haven't spent the time learning, um, has always been stupid and dumb, but it's what we have always, we've always embraced it, you know, and I'm guilty of it as well, but it's going to be, it's going to be the, the end of many of our, uh, our favorite companies and leaders as we, as we push forward. And so, um, this isn't a doom and gloom. I do believe this is a, we are living in the greatest time in history. Um, I believe it doesn't matter where you live, what your resume is. We have the ability to connect with people. We have the ability to understand people deeper than we've ever understood people before. The question is just because now that we understand them deeper, we understand that everyone has flaws. Everyone um, has you know skeletons in their closets and everyone has weaknesses and different things that are going on in, in their lives. And the question starts, we have to start asking ourselves is where, where do we draw the line individually for us? Where do we draw the line for our business? And then if it's not on the one side of the line, how do we become better at being whole? How do we become better at having the ability to compartmentalize and work together even if we voted for different presidents, even if we believe something different when it comes to religion? And this has always been the case, right? We, we don't talk about politics and religion, guess what? Politics and religion and sexual orientation and gun control and healthcare are no longer off the table. They are part of our lives and our lives are part of our business and we make decisions in within our day-to-day life based on these things. And I, I, even talking to my daughter walking to the bus stop today, it was something that, I mean, it, it, it was compelling talking to my daughter today. Just, you know, it's her first week of school and, and just hearing her talk about, you know, first impressions and how she looked at things and was talking about the technology that she was given and what she was excited about. And I started to think to myself is that there, our ability to not alienate, our ability to just because we disagree on certain things with certain people, certain uh, aspects of people's lives, it doesn't mean that we can't still work together to do things. And I think the old adage, and I think this is, I've been waiting for this to, to disappear, is that 
Just because you're associated with someone, just because you're working with someone, does not mean that you believe everything that that person believes. It does not mean that you are 100% in, you know, um, in the camp of that person. But there are things that are, in my opinion, are um, no-goes. There are things that I will not um, jeopardize. Uh, I, there, are, there are multiple speaking opportunities that someone could give me $50,000 to speak. And based on the, that event or the people that are running the event or the, the message of that event, I would not take that event. I don't care what that money is that they're throwing to me. But at the same time, as I said earlier in this episode, you have to be in the game to change the game. The, the difference there is if the game is so against what the, you believe in your fibers and you don't believe the opportunity for you to make an impact is there, you should remove yourself from the game. But removing yourself from every game and every opportunity because you disagree with someone will make you very isolated, make you very alone. And my God, it's going to make you a bad marketer, a bad sales leader, a bad business owner. And... It's exciting, it's scary, but it, it also comes down to if you are a good person willing to invest in yourself, willing to invest in others, and move from judging to learning, you will be successful. And so when I say, what does the future of marketing look like? I say it looks bright, it'll be powered and fueled through this relatability and digital empathy, and it'll be led by those that are able to compartmentalize and those that are able to move from judging others based on something they disagree on to learning from them and being able to come together to move needles, move mountains, change lives, and change the world. The world needs a lot of changing at the moment, but the place that we have to start to truly drive that massive change is with ourselves. Empathy starts with me. If you want the world to be more empathetic, you have to first allow people to be empathetic for you, which means self-awareness, self-discovery. It means being having that honest decisions and helping you individually grow because until you individually grow, until you become self-aware, you cannot drive empathy for others. You cannot compartmentalize. You cannot collaborate with people. And ultimately, that is the key foundation of this. My name is Brian Fanzer. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Fable.co. Fable.co is the the engine that is powering brianfanzo.com. If you guys go check out brianfanzo.com, it is the dynamic content engine that I've built my new speaker website on. You guys can check it out. Um, I do have preferred partner pricing on that that I will include a link in the uh, show notes of the show. And also the other uh, sponsor of this uh, podcast episode is Iographer, who of course has been on board since day one. Uh, If you guys jump onto my Instagram, it's instagram.com slash isocialfans. There is a post Post about empathy and it's about uh, that quote that I just used where that we have to empathy starts with me go ahead and put in that comment hashtag tripod and I will pick one winner from that uh, those that comment on that Instagram post um, and I will send you one of the flexible tripods that the my good friends at iographer um, have sent me and uh, last but not least I have a new sponsor that's gonna be coming on board next month And it's a big one. It's also a big opportunity for me. I'm going to be taking my thought leadership, a lot of the things I talk about on this show, onto a new channel, to a new audience. And I'll be working with a brand I've never worked with before in ways that... um, 
Ooh, excite me. So I'm going to give you a little bit of FOMO. I'm going to leave you with a little bit of FOMO. You'll have to stay tuned and figure out who that brand is that I'll be working with uh, for the remainder of the year and where I'll be kind of uh, sharing my voice. But don't worry. The show is not going anywhere. I will be uh, dropping a new episode of the FOMO Fans Podcast every week. Thank you guys for checking it out. I would love, um, I haven't asked for uh, reviews of the podcast in a while, but we are at that uh, episode 110 mark. So if you are one that are enjoying this show and you've been listening to it for a long while or you're, you're a new listener and you're having a great time and you're wondering, how can I help Brian? How can I show him my support? If you check out, just go to iTunes uh, and you know search for the podcast and uh, leave me a review there. It is something that is valued when uh, the podcasts are being searched for and it is something that helps uh, more people discover this content. So until next time, as I said earlier, my friends, empathy, if we want the world to be more empathetic, it starts with me. M-E. To be more empathetic, we first have to allow people to be empathetic towards us. I ask you, what are you doing today to allow people in, giving them access to be empathetic to who you are, what you're about, and be able to walk in your shoes and understand your journey? Cheers, my friends.